Welcome to Real Talk with Megan Luscombe. I'm Megan, and I'll be your coach for the duration of this podcast. We're going to be diving into topics surrounding life, love, and the spaces in between. If you don't like swearing, I suggest you stop listening now because some of my podcasts do drop a few F-bombs. I specialize in no bullshit commentary and real talk that aims to help you be your best you or have your best relationship. So settle in, grab a coffee, and let's step into today's episode. A massive hello to you and welcome to today's episode of Real Talk with Megan Luscombe. I'm Megan and I'll be chatting with you today about trauma bonds. So what are they? How do you know you're in one? How can you recognize the signs and most importantly, the steps you can take in order to recover from them? But first and foremost, before we start, I really want to reiterate that I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a psychiatrist. While I did study psychology and the social sciences at university, I am not a psychologist. I am, however, a psychology nerd, and I'd like to say I am very well-versed when it comes to topics such as this. I also have personal experience when it comes to trauma bonding, but we're going to get into that as the podcast continues. Okay, let's start things off with breaking down what trauma bonds or trauma bonding is for those of you who may not have heard the term or for those of you who do know and want to dive a little deeper into the topic. So a trauma bond is a bond that forms due to intense emotional experiences, more often than not with a toxic person. It's similar to um, Stockholm Syndrome in the way that it holds its victim emotionally captive to the manipulator who keeps us hostage. So that can be through physical abuse, emotional abuse, or both. According to Dr. Patrick Carnes, who has a PhD in counselling education, these types of destructive attachments are known as betrayal bonds and they can take place in any context where a relationship exists. So this means they can take place in romantic relationships, in friendships, they can take place in the family and they can also take place in the workplace. Um, Dr. Carnes, he coined the term trauma bonding to describe the misuse of fear, excitement, sexual feelings and sexual physiology to entangle another person. However, a simpler way to describe trauma bonding is a strong emotional attachment between an abused person and his or her abuser formed as a result of this cycle of violence. So trauma bonds are prevalent in abusive, unhealthy and outright toxic relationships. They're made stronger by intermittent reinforcement um, and intermittent reinforcement are the periodic moments of gestures or small kindnesses that a manipulator gives us in order to keep us entangled in the relationship. So that may look like um, receiving a bouquet of flowers the day after a massive emotional and physical argument, um, an unexpected gift after a rage attack, uh, a sudden few hours of emotional connection and tenderness after hours or days of critical comments and negative feedback. Um, It could be a full day of praise and compliments after being hit or emotionally abused the nights before. So Intermittent reinforcement is how an abuser manipulates us into thinking things are okay again and that the relationship is going back to normal. So this can cause us to try even harder to sustain the toxic relationship because we want to be back in that honeymoon phase of the abuse cycle. But what this means is that we become addicted to these moments because we see them as being rewards. We see them as us being rewarded. However, when we boil it down and break it down, evidence actually reminds us that by staying in these relationships, we are actually risking our own emotional and physical safety. And the problem with intermittent reinforcement is that it causes us to become addicted to the unpredictability of the abuse cycle. So 
I'm going to break that down for you so you can understand what that means. So when moments of pleasure are rare and they're combined with moments of abuse and cruelty, the reward circuits associated associated with a toxic relationship actually start to become much stronger. So when moments of pleasure are predictable to us, our reward circuits start to get used to it and our brain then stops releasing as much dopamine, which is the feel-good hormone, over time when we're with a partner who is healthy to us and consistently good to us. So basically it could be said that unpredictability, rejection and chaos from a toxic partner can create an addiction that can be more long-lasting than the predictable, healthy and assuring qualities of a stable love. So that's pretty fucked, hey? That our brains can actually start to crave someone being toxic to us because our brains need a hit of hormones. So we start to enjoy the epic highs that come from this toxic person and what that then means is we stop trusting our actual instincts and our gut and what we know is going on. We start to trust in their small and minimal acts of kindness because of the feelings that we get when they happen. So... Relating it back to that personal situation I was saying at the start of this podcast, I was in a very abusive relationship when I was 18, 19, Um, so I'm 33 now, and I can speak from personal experience that I was 100% addicted to the high that came when I got attention. Um, My boyfriend at the time, let's call him Pablo, was an emotional manipulator and he got physically forceful on a few occasions. So when things were good with us, They were fucking great, as in euphorically great. But when they were bad, they were fucking horrible. Horrible. Like uh, Eminem and Rihanna's film clip, uh, horrible, right? So we'd have massive fights. Um, He'd put me down and make me feel shit. He'd belittle me in front of his friends. He'd push me around. He'd shun me from his family And he would follow all of those actions up by telling me that it was my fault and that he had to do these things and that it was me that was making him do these things. And um, basically it was just him manipulating me into wearing my self-confidence down, wearing everything that I felt good about. He wore all of that down. He stripped all of that away. And um, anytime he would give me a moment of... uh, positive I would be like oh my god this is amazing he loves me this is great so it was fucked um but after like the few days of silent treatment he'd then rock up to my house with presents right or he'd take me on this three-hour scenic drive and he'd tell me how sorry he was and how much he loved me and that he was going to be better starting from now and those moments were the ones I became addicted to you know, when he was fixated on pleasing me when he was fixated on telling me how much he loved me when he was fixated on just again going into that manipulation mode but really that's all he was doing he was fucking manipulating me again and again and again and again and again and I lost touch in my own instincts for a while and that was because his intermittent reinforcement became something I was addicted to receiving so oh another thing Pablo would also deliberately cause me emotional harm to then be the one to fix it so he acted as both the abuser and the hero if that makes sense So he was the one I went to for support, even after he was the one who kicked me in the fucking guts. So he played every role, which fucked my brain up even more at the time, and it made it harder to leave. Obviously, I did, but at the time, it made it really, 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 really hard for me because I was, like, in this position of rock and a hard place. Like, 
you know, like he loves me. Oh, but he treats me like shit. Oh, but it feels so good when he's good. And when we're great, it's so great. And, you know, like I, I stopped, I stopped trusting myself and I knew that this relationship was terrible for me. And obviously now I've got a lot of hindsight to look back at my, you know, 19 year old self and see all the signs and see how bad it was. But when you're in it, it's a total different story. And I think this is one thing that people don't really understand unless they're in it. It's quite easy for people to look at somebody who is in a traumatic bond or who is in a um, abusive, emotionally, physical, um, you know, abusive, manipulative relationship. And it's quite easy for people to say, oh, why don't they just leave? Like, no fucking shit, y'all. If, you know, if it was that easy, everybody would just leave. But that's the thing. It's not. When you're in it, it's fucked. It's absolutely changes you your hormones are changing your brain is being rewired you are being manipulated by a narcissist and um it was really really hard but I'm you know recording this podcast and talking about it because I want you to be able to tell if you are in a traumatic bond with someone okay so how can you tell if you're in a traumatic bond with someone let's yeah let's get straight on to it um number one you know this person is manipulating deceiving conniving but you don't want to let it go Basically, you see all the signs. You see their bad behaviors. You see that they're manipulating. You see that they treat you terribly. You see that they're emotionally abusive. You feel that they're physically abusive, but you don't want to let go of it because you've become addicted to those moments. You've become addicted to the feel goods after the bad. Number two, you do absolutely everything and you go out of your way to please this person, even when they give you nothing but negativity and emotional, physical pain in return been there done that I would work so hard to get the affection to get the attention again and again and again and I would work hard and I would do everything and you know I would put myself at risk and I would get nothing back if anything sometimes I I got inflicted pain and things that were even worse um but you know I ignored it Um, number three, you actually feel like you're addicted to them. Now, this is a key thing. You should never feel addicted to anybody. We should never, ever, ever be addicted to anyone. That is a clear cut sign that what we are in is toxic. And it is a clear sign if you are in a trauma bond with someone. You should not be addicted to anybody ever. And it is really, really crucial that you remember this because when we are are addicted, we are engaging in an unhealthy behavior. We know addictions are bad for us. Any type of addiction is bad. And it's really important if you are feeling this in your relationship, chances are you could be engaging or entering into a traumatic bond with someone. Number four, you're starting to become self-destructive. And this is when I'm saying you are treating yourself badly. You may be engaging in drugs to numb out, um, drinking to numb out. Um, you're talking badly of yourself. You're putting yourself down. You're not engaging in the things you used to. You're hiding away. You're becoming reclusive. You're shying away from friendship groups. You're not talking to anybody. Basically anything that is negatively impacting you, you're engaging in behaviors that are stripping away your confidence. You are becoming a recluse, things like this. Um, if these things are happening and you are becoming self-destructive, in your relationship, chances are you may be in a traumatic bond with someone. Number five, you have forgotten your own personal worth and value. 
I, oh my God, just saying that out loud puts me right back to where I was when I was 19. And I was the lowest of low. I felt shit about myself, how I looked, how I was, who I was, who I was hanging around with. I just didn't place any confidence or any personal value or power in myself. It had gone. I I forgot who I was. It was almost as if I was becoming this version of myself to suit Pablo, right? You know, and when we say that, what we're doing is we're actually becoming somebody to suit our abuser because they're manipulating us into this person that they need us to be because this narcissist wants control over us because they've got demons that they're not dealing with. So instead they project onto us and they manipulate us and they control us because it gives them a sense of control. And if you are forgetting who you are and your where and your self-worth and your value and your confidence is being stripped away and this is something that's happening in your relationships, you're definitely engaging in a traumatic bond with someone. Number six, you have lowered your standards and you do it over and over again. And this is what I'm talking about when I say that you're just accepting the bare minimum. Like you know the relationship you're in is bad. And Again, I want to reinforce that, you know, these trauma bonds, they don't just happen in romantic relationships. You could be in a trauma bond with a friend, with a colleague, with a family member. And the lowering of the, of the standards means that you were just accepting shit from them. You were just accepting the bare fucking minimum. And you do it over and over and over and over again. And I know I did this with Pablo. Oh, my God. Like, ugh, he treated me like shit. He was a fucking asshole. An absolute narcissist. Like, fuck, he could have written the book on narcissism. And because I had lowered my standards of what I was accepting, he was doing everything that he was because I'd lost my self-worth. I wasn't letting it go. I was, I was just choosing them and not choosing me. But once you've realized that you're in a traumatic bond or a trauma bond with someone, you've got to take the steps to break it. And look, I know from personal experience that it can be super hard but it can be done and I will 100% hand on heart say support is out there. So how to get out of a trauma bond with someone or how to, once you've identified you're in it, how to take the steps to remove yourself? Well, um, firstly, I'd really recommend that you write down all the abuse from the abuser. Now, this is so you don't get caught up in what they call abuse amnesia and that's basically where you forget the actual things that happened in the relationship and this couldn't be because of stress or highly traumatic experiences, which tend to happen in, um, you know, trauma bonding relationships. We can forget the bad things because we've been under such a high amount of stress at the time. So our brain sort of compartmentalizes and pushes it out of our memory because it's too hard to relive. So it's really important that you can write everything down that has happened. And we want you to do this because when you start to remove yourself from trauma bond relationships, the abuser, they can start putting on their best behavior again because they're like, oh, my God, they go into panic mode. They can't control you anymore. Why are you leaving? What are you doing? And they start to put on that best behavior. And if you have everything written down, you are able to remind yourself of past behavior and that, that this is just them manipulating you again. Okay, so it's really important. Grab that pen and paper or do it on your phone. Just write it down, get it out because you need to have this list so you are continuously reminded of what you are not going to go back to. I then recommend you seek someone or people that you can confidentially speak to regarding the trauma you're experiencing, okay? So trauma counsellors exist, trauma psychologists exist, and um, 
sometimes you might work with a counsellor um, and a coach at the same time. So that's what I did. And um, I work with a lot of clients who do that. So it's sort of like um, you've got a team supporting you. So you go to a trauma counsellor to speak about the situations and you would come to somebody like me as a coach to um, have somebody obviously listen, somebody who's actually experienced what you're talking about, but also then somebody who's able to put steps in place so you can track your progress and you can take steps to um, gaining that confidence back, um, reclaiming yourself and really building on that self-worth and self-value that you need. So working with a coach such as, you know, me and it could be, or it could be another coach that you follow, another coach that you love. Um, a coach really works to help you flex that confidence muscle. It really, um, it's a team effort to bring you back to who you are and who you were and, um, you know, taking everything that you've gone through and putting it into strategies so you can become resilient and confident and, um, you know, really shine again. But what um, I want to remind you of is that when you start to pull away from these relationships, that the abuser, like I said, will often start to play their best behavior. So it's really important that you are taking the steps necessary to create boundaries um, and have support in order to keep you moving forward. And I want you to know that there is help out there and that you are supported. It can be hard to open up and talk about things like this out of fear of judgment. But I want you to know that if you are in a situation where trauma bonding is occurring, I am not judging you. I have been there and I've walked in it and you will receive absolutely no judgment from me, only support and an ear to listen. So if you are or someone you know is experiencing abuse, please contact the relevant support channels. I am going to list them in the podcast description because support is out there for you and it can be as discreet as you like it. I know today's podcast has been a really full on topic, but trauma bonds and traumatic bonding and trauma relationships are things that are important that we talk about because if you have grown up in a childhood which was abusive or you've been around abusive relationships in your childhood, chances are you are more likely to walk into a relationship with somebody who is manipulative and recreate that trauma bond. And um, if we don't talk about things like this and we don't learn about them and we don't identify them and we don't understand how we can stop ourselves from walking into these situations and I think it's really important we can talk about these topics. Like I said at the start, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a psychiatrist. I haven't written a book on trauma bonding. I haven't, um, I would not say I'm an expert on the topic, but I have read a lot about it. I have had experience talking about it. I have been in a abusive relationship, which obviously was um, traumatic bonding. And that was because I was in an environment when I was growing up that was a little bit emotionally manipulative from family members. So I took what I'd learned from my childhood and I walked that into a romantic relationship. But like I said to you, trauma bond relationships are not just romantic. So please keep that in mind. Please keep in mind that it could be with a family member, it could be with a friend, it could be with a colleague. So don't just get fixated on abusive relationships only being romantic. They are vast in the dynamics of relationships where they exist. Alrighty, I think I'll leave it there because that was a full-on topic. And goodbye, and I look forward to speaking to you next time. If you like what you heard, I'd love for you to leave me a review. If you want to come follow me on socials, Instagram at MeganLuscombe underscore, Twitter, MeganLuscombe, Facebook, Megan.LuscombeAustralia. 